My name is James. I uh, work with the youth here. I'm the director of youth ministries here. I'm glad you could be with us today. Uh, We're going through our series on Jesus, calling it Jesus. Um, And we're doing this uh, thing where Aaron speaks a week, and then someone else will speak a week, and then Aaron, and then someone else, and Aaron, and someone else. And and we were were told to pick an attribute attribute of Christ, of Jesus, that we're really drawn to. Um, And so we'll see... Like Jonathan talked about, you know, Jesus is a servant leader. Talk about, you know, Jesus is the truth. Jesus is um, a great comforter. Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a counselor. Uh, I picked Jesus is funny, so you're welcome. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so we're going to get to work on this. Uh, will you guys stand with me again for the reading of God's word? Um, for those of you who are new, we stand at the reading of God's word just to to, to realize it is truth and then submit ourselves under its authority. So, uh, Colossians 1.11. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm still fighting the cold. Uh, May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. You guys pray with me. Uh, Jesus, we thank you for being uh, a God who loves us, a God who shares an inheritance with us. Um, God, we understand that that inheritance is not just obtained when we die, but it is, it is now, it is today, that you are a good God um, who brings us life, who brings us joy, who brings us freedom. Um, God, we thank you for being a God who, who speaks all languages and who is quite fluent in the language of humor. Um, God, I pray that we would take ourselves less seriously, you more seriously, and learn to laugh and find joy and strength in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, okay, so uh, one thing, someone after each service has come up to me and, and bugged me about this, so I'm just going to get it out of the way right now. I'm not wearing any shoes. Um, it's going to be okay. Uh, I just feel more comfortable not wearing shoes. You know, kind of like when you go home, you don't put your shoes on, you take them off. Not that this is my home, but I'm not wearing any shoes. It's going to be okay, all right? You know? Yeah, and my shoes do have little deers on them, if that helps. So, Or my socks have little deers on them. Mess that one up. Um, so, uh, if you have been reading the Bible for a while or not that long, reading for like a couple weeks or something like that, either way, if you have read the Bible... And didn't laugh at some point. You're reading it wrong. Um, just putting that out there right right out there. It's going to be one of those days. Um, because the Bible is full of humor. Everywhere there is humor. I mean, we went through this series on Genesis. And Genesis is essentially a reality TV show set place in a trailer park. Okay, You got like cousin, boyfriends, babies, mamas. Family, betrayal, Bud Light, NASCAR, you got it all in Genesis. It's, it's hilarious. Um, the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible, is really five books highlighting the stupidity of God's people. Um, and it's, it's hilarious. In Exodus 32, you read the, the story of, of the Israelites. And the Israelites have just been delivered out of slavery in Egypt. Oh, thanks, man. Um, I don't know if that's a sign that I need to take a drink right now. Is my voice weird? I don't know. But either way, um, in Exodus 32, so the, the Israelites have just been delivered out of slavery. They've been walking around the desert or the wilderness for maybe 70 days. Okay, Maybe. They've just spent 400 years in slavery. Now they're walking around for about 70 days. What they do is they throw all their gold jewelry in a fire, make a cow, and then start worshiping this cow as the God that delivered them out of Egypt. 
it's sad and funny. Because <laughs> it's like, how, you just built a cow. Like, how do you know that that is the God that delivered you out of Egypt? What? Um, maybe some of you are huge fans of the movie Shrek, or your kids like the movie Shrek. Um, Shrek is really just a knockoff of Numbers 22. Um, in Numbers 22, you're introduced to this guy named Balaam, which is a hilarious name to begin with. Um, and he gets in a fist fight and then a verbal fight with a stubborn talking donkey. Okay? It's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, if you've ever read the book of Ezekiel, uh, you know that Ezekiel is not a very funny book. It's pretty dry and serious and kind of depressing. But in Ezekiel 4, one of the strangest conversations in all of Scripture happens. Um, God instructs Ezekiel to make some bread and then cook it over his own feces. Okay? Now, Ezekiel, being the smart man that he is, goes, Hey, God, how about not my feces? How about cow feces? And they argue, they get into this debate over which poo he should cook the bread over. Like, if it was me, I'd be like, can I cook it over oak or something? Like, re- really? You can go for cow poo? Like, that's what you thought was a good idea? And you see that Scripture has this great sense of humor. God has this great sense of humor in it. And it ranges in all types of humor. Um, if you've ever read the book of Job, most of you are like, that's a depressing, sad book. If you have a really dark sense of humor, you're like, that's a hilarious book. That's so funny. Get him again, God. Oh, poor Job. Um, and it's got this dark sense of humor to it. Um, there's a family drama. Think like, like Meet the Parents. Um, happening with Abraham and in Genesis. You got drunken humor where Noah passes out drunk in his tent. You got awkward humor. Think like the office where someone's always putting their foot in their mouth. Um, that's Peter. You have inappropriate uh, humor. That's Paul. He says some very hilarious, inappropriate things, which you can read about. I'm not going to say. Um, even stooping as low as like fart and poop jokes. Um, you can read about that in Judges 3. You read about this guy named Hood. I like to call him that. Um, and, and he's this left-handed assassin. It's a great story. It's a great story. Uh, highly recommend it if you need a good laugh. Uh, and, and then in the Gospels, you see Jesus. And, and it really focuses in on Jesus' life. And Jesus has got this great, witty, sarcastic humor about him. And he's always joking around and giving people nicknames and, and being very sarcastic. And it's hilarious. And there's a lot of reasons why we miss uh, miss humor in scripture. Uh, I think there's four main reasons with, with a sub-point. So one is, is cultural distance. Culture is the container for comedy. And so if we don't understand the culture, we won't understand the comedy. Um, this is why most of us in this room don't get British humor. I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've watched the show Top Gear, and they have a British celebrity on, and they're talking, and he makes this joke, and the entire crowd is busting up laughing. And I turn to my wife, Haley, who's a lot smarter than I am, and go, I don't get it. Like, I just, what is so funny about this British guy? I mean, he's got a cool accent, but that's really the only thing I can laugh at. I don't, I just don't get it. And so sometimes we just miss the cultural. Um, another thing we do is we focus solely on Jesus' death. Now, I'm not saying it's bad to focus on Jesus' death. He died for our sins. Um, it is his blood that wipes us clean. Um, it is the foundation. He is the foundation in which faith is built on. But we so, focus so much on his death that we neglect his life. We forget that Jesus is a man who went to parties and had fun at these 
parties. Okay? People were drawn to him at these parties. People wanted Jesus at their parties. And, and it wasn't because Jesus is this great, profound teacher, which, yes, he, he was, but you don't go to a party looking for great, profound teaching. Okay? We have these, these newcomer parties, and, and chances are you don't go to a newcomer party so you can talk to some of the elders and learn how smart they are and how much they know about Scripture. Like, that's not what I do at parties. I don't have my boys over to my house, play Halo, and in the middle of a Halo game, pause it and say, hey, we need to have a deep theological discussion right now. That doesn't happen. Like, you go to parties to have some fun. So we can't think that Jesus is constantly always preaching at parties. He's also having some fun at these parties. And I think the mark of a, of a true mature Christian isn't necessarily how much you know about the Bible, but it's how you live out a life with Christ. And we see that from Jesus' life, that he isn't sitting in his room all day listening to Christian music, reading his Bible to himself. He's out living life with people, getting to know people, building relationships, speaking truth into their life. Now, this isn't permission to go crazy, okay? This isn't permission to go crazy, but, but Luke 7, 3 says, Jesus was accused of being a glutton, a drunkard, and a friend of sinners. You don't get that reputation by staying in your room all day, okay? You get that reputation by, to quote the great words of Kesha, the party don't start till I walk in, okay? <laughs> that was Jesus. The party doesn't start. Some of you are like, who's Kesha? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you don't want to know. Um, uh, so, uh, thank you. Someone's laughing. Awesome. Uh, number three. Number three. We become overly familiar. We, we get overly familiar. We think that we've heard this story so often, or we know the story. We become so familiar that we miss what's truly being said. Uh, don't raise your hands, but be honest with me. Be honest with yourself, really. Um, have you ever been reading the scriptures, and, and you come across a section, and you read, like, the, the title of it? And you're like, oh, I know what this says. I'm just going to skip this section. Or I'm going to skip this, this chapter. I'm going to skip this book. Okay? Jesus has taught me everything there is to know in that book. I got that book on lock. I'm just going to skip it. And when we do this, we, we skip over entire chunks of Scripture because we think we know what it says. Um, and so we miss so much of it. Um, another way, kind of 3.5, is we simply don't read the Bible enough. So sometimes we become too familiar. Sometimes we just don't read enough that we have no idea what it says because we don't spend any time in Scripture. Um, yeah. And then my last reason is uh, we read into the Bible what we want it to say. We read into the Bible what we want it to say. So everyone is pretty familiar with Matthew 7, 1, judge not lest you two be judged. And so we read this and we go, that is, that is the verse that I live my life by. So I'm going to, you know, smoke pot and neglect my wife and neglect my kids and never get a real job and never move out of my parents' house. And you can't judge me. That's not what scripture says. That's not that verse in context. So today, let's change some of that. Okay, let's, let's change some of that. Let's talk about some of the humor in Jesus' life and have a good laugh, okay? I am giving you permission to laugh. It's going to be okay. If I say something funny, if Jesus says something funny, it's, it's okay to laugh. Some of you, you just need to lighten up right now. You just need to lighten up, okay? The hol- like Christmas hasn't even hit yet. Thanksgiving hasn't even hit yet. And you're like, I'm worried about Christmas. Oh my gosh, Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. And you're like... Ooh, calm down, okay? Let's just take a break, light, lighten up a little bit, okay? Matthew sixteen eighteen. 
And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, a lot of people miss what Jesus is really saying here and what's really going on. Because we've become over-familiar with this verse and with this story that we think, oh, that's great. Peter is the rock in which Jesus is going to build the church on. No, okay? Jesus is the rock in which Jesus is going to build the church on. What he's doing here is he's giving Peter a nickname in like this funny, joking, loving type of, of way. So there is some sincerity behind this because Peter was a great leader and, and really led a lot um, and, and oversaw the early church. Um, and so I'm sure Peter, when, when Jesus called Peter the rock, he was like, that's a nickname that I need to live up to, that I need to aspire to achieve. But Jesus is really just joking with him. Okay? It's kind of like this. Um, I don't know if you guys know who the carpenters are, uh, but I have befriended the carpenters and I have befriended Sam Carpenter. Okay? He's about seven years old, and he's about 47 pounds of pure 805 fury. Okay? So we like to run around a lot. If you ever see me like chasing a little kid throughout the seats or throughout the church, it's probably Sam Carpenter. It's going to be okay. And, and he likes to fight me, and he likes to box me and use me as a punching bag, and, and I kind of like to use him as a punching bag, and I'm going to give him a wedgie in Jesus' name, and it's going to be okay. Um, and, and so this would be like me going to Sam Carpenter, 47 pounds, 7 years old, and being like, what up, tough guy? He's not a tough guy. Okay? He, he's 7 years old. If it came down to a physical altercation, I could take him out quick. Okay? <laughs> it wouldn't be that hard to beat up a 7-year-old. Not saying I would, but if that's what it came down to, you know, it's his brothers that I'm worried about. Um, and and it's, it's, it's a funny nickname. He's joking with him. Just like I would joke with Sam, Peter is, or, or Jesus is kind of joking with Peter. And yes, I want Sam to grow up and be a tough guy and protect his sister and protect his family and things like that. But Peter isn't the rock. And if you're like, James, no, Peter is the rock. I read it. It says right there. I know it. Let's look five verses later. Okay, five verses. Matthew 16, verse 23. But he turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. So, sure, Peter's nickname, Peter got the nickname uh, The Rock, and is the only disciple that got the nickname The Rock. But he's also the only disciple to get the nickname Satan. Like, not even Judas got that nickname. Like, it's, 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 he's joking, and, and it's okay. Um, and he did this, he joked around, and he gave his friends nicknames. In Mark 13, he calls James and John the sons of Zebedee. He calls them sons of thunder because they're loud, rambunctious dudes who quarrel everywhere. And they're just loud. See, we need to understand Jesus' life. And that Jesus wasn't this Swedish guy with blue eyes and flawless 80s metal hair that glowed like a nightlight. That's that's not Jesus, okay? Jesus was a blue-collar worker. He was a carpenter for most of his life. He was a tradesman. Now, most tradesmen that I know give their, their friends that they work with nicknames. And, and typically, they're not like flattering nicknames. Like, you're not going to go onto a job site and, and call your friend Superman. That, that's not going to happen. Usually, it'll be like, you know, Buttercup or, or Fruit Loops or Big Dog because they're big. And it's set out of this, like, manly affection. Um, I have this guy, Patrick Ernest. You call him this, and he's going to hate you. Um, but we go sheep shearing together, and, and I call him Papa Bear because he's big, and he hates it. 
and I think it's hilarious. And if you guys call him that, you didn't get it from me. Um, I don't know. Uh, but as you read through Scripture uh, and the New Testament, you see that uh, that Jesus really pokes fun and, and points out the truth in a very humorous way um, towards a certain group of people. Uh, and he really kind of focuses on these people, and these are, are religious people. And, and to me, it's kind of like, how could you not? Religious people are hilarious. They have all these rules and things like that. And so, and so Jesus pokes fun at that. And so open your Bibles to Matthew 6. And in Matthew 6, I'm going to bounce between Matthew 6 and Matthew 23. Um, and these are, these are sections of scripture that Jesus is teaching. So he's, he's preaching. Matthew 6 is, is part of the Sermon on, on the Mount. Um, and so he's teaching, but also he's having a lot of fun while he's doing this. And he's pointing out the truth in a funny way. Um, and the first thing, or one of the things that he does is he, is he points out truth in a funny way to how people give. And in this culture, it was called tithing. And I know some of you, right off the bat, you're like, tithing's not funny. Yo, we're talking about money? Money's not funny. I can't laugh about that. This is my money. I won't give it to anyone. Um, it, it is funny because it, it's funny that we think that, that we think that our money is, is our money, and I'm going to get as much as I can and hang on to it. When God's like, that's so cute. Like, you think that money's yours. That money's mine, and I'm giving you some. I'm going to give you 90%, you're going to give me 10%, that's going to work. And it's so cute that you think it's all yours. <laughs> you're adorable. Um, so, so it is kind of funny. Matthew 23, 23. It says this, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! For you tithe mint and dill and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. So Jesus is mocking the way people give because they were so concerned with looking good that they were tithing out of their spice rack okay imagine how ridiculous that would be if element asked you to tithe out of your spice rack so you go shopping this week for for the holidays and and you buy some mint and you got like 10 twigs of mint and you're like okay nine for me one for the lord i'm gonna put in this bag And, and then you buy some cloves for your thanksgiving turkey and you go okay 18 for me two for the lord and then you buy 10 pounds of flour because you need a bunch of flour because you're going to be making pies and things like that. And you go, okay, nine pounds of flour for me, one for the Lord. And then you come Sunday and you come to our offering boxes and you're like, all right, Jesus, here's some of my money and here's all my flour. You get some weird looks. People will be like, what is that guy doing? And the people who empty the boxes would be like, there's no money in here. There's just flour. What are we, what is, what's happening here? And it's, and it's ridiculous. And he goes, you're so concerned with tithing out of your groceries that you're neglecting to care for people. That, that you're not living the gospel out. You're not, you're not spreading the good news. You're not living a life that is, that is glorifying to God. You're just tithing out of your groceries. And it's ridiculous. He continues. Maybe you don't tithe out of your spice rack. Maybe you identify with this. Matthew 6, 2. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So he points out, kind of in a funny way, how some people give. And they give in a way where it's everyone look at me. Look what I'm doing. Look at this great thing. It's the person who who pulls their car over to the side of the road 
kind of, but it's mostly just blocking a lane, gets out of his car, gives a homeless person a coat, and all of traffic is like, wow, that did not, that was not necessary that you stopped traffic for that. I mean, come on, man. Um, and, and in our day, we don't have street corners to sound a trumpet to brag about how good we are. Um, we have something called Facebook. And which some of you are like, Facebook, that's funny. And some of you are like, don't you dare make fun of Facebook. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, okay? And so sometimes we do this. We go, dear Facebook, I feel so good today. I gave a homeless person an old coat that I had in my car. We do something like that. Or maybe we don't want to sound as conceited. We want to sound a little bit more spiritual. Today I bought a meal for a homeless person. I gave a homeless person a hot meal. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me that opportunity to serve. And it's like, yeah, but also we know what you're doing. Your friends, your family, we know what you're doing. You're fishing for compliments. You want people to like your post. Yay, good job. You know, we want pe- you want people to go, hey, you know, keep up the good work, brother. It's like, really? When you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, which is funny in itself because how are you going to do something over here without over here knowing? And, and so just to clear this up so you're not, overly angry with me. Um, Jesus isn't poking fun at the action. Okay? He's, he's poking fun at the attitude. Okay? It's like principles and, and, and methods. The principle of giving to the homeless. The principle of tithing. Not bad, not really laughing matters. Okay? The method of it can be quite humorous. Okay? The idea of, of giving to the homeless, great. The idea of letting everyone know on Facebook what a wonderful person you are, hilarious. It's, it's a joke. Um, it's funny. It's okay to laugh. Uh, another one that, that Jesus kind of pokes fun at is fasting. Matthew six sixteen. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. He says, look at these people that fast. Uh, they go around fasting and they tell people how hungry they are and how they're fasting. You know, I love the Lord. I serve the Lord and I'm not eating next month for the Lord. It's like, whoa, get, get over it, you know? They, like, suck their faces in, suck their guts in, so they look like an anorexic supermodel. And to me, it's like, dude, I see your beer belly. You got some reserves on you. You're going to be fine for a day, okay? It's, it's going to be okay. You'll live. Yeah. Uh, another thing that he kind of pokes fun at is, is prayer, which, again, normally is like prayer, not a funny topic. It is if you're God. So, uh, Matthew 6, 7, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases uh, as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Do you guys know that person who, when they pray, they just talk and talk and talk and talk, and you're like, dude, are you even praying anymore? Like, are you just talking to yourself, and I'm standing by you with my eyes closed? Like, is this prayer? I have, I have no idea what's going on. And, and again, it's not bad to pray. First Thessalonians 5.12 says, pray continually, that believers should constantly be in prayer. But your continual prayer, that is not, a, Thanksgiving dinner is not a time to have continual prayer, Okay. Like, I don't know if you've ever met that person who, who you all dish up dinner and you're all ready, and then they're like, we need to say grace. You're like, awesome. And then they start talking, and it's like 10 minutes later, and it's like, the food is cold. Like, 
are you waiting for the second coming to happen before you say amen? Like, land the plane, let's eat some food, got to get new plates because all the food is cold. You got to be joking me, bro. Joking me. Uh, how about this? Maybe you don't know that person. Maybe you know this person. You know this person who, who turns into a completely different person when they pray. Okay? It's like they're this happy-go-lucky, energetic dude, and then they're like, let's pray. And you go, dear Lord, we just thank you for today. And it's like, did you get stabbed or something? Like, what happened when I closed my eyes? What's happening here? This doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. Or, or, or maybe, um, maybe you know that person who, who at, at GC Notes Night, you guys are gathered together, a group of Christians gathered, um, and you go, okay, who needs prayer? And there's that one person every week who's like, no, I'm good. No, I'm good. I don't, I don't need prayer for anything. And it's like, really? You got a chance to come before Creator God Almighty, and you got nothing? Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to pray for your pride, because clearly you're struggling And we're going to pray that Jesus gives you a life. You're welcome. You're welcome. We'll be praying for you, brother. Um, uh, Or maybe you know the person who who every time you ask, hey, can I pray for you? It's always like their world exploded. Okay? It's like you're talking to them on Thursday. And they're like, you know what? This week has just been super stressful. Okay? Monday, my cat got out. And she she climbed into a tree. And she was up there for like 45 minutes. And I called the fire department. And I was freaking out. And I don't know what to do. And I'm still really, really anxious about it. You're like, it was a cat in a tree. You're, you're going to be fine. Like, okay, whoa, I don't see how the world is falling apart because your cat got in a tree. Um, or This is my favorite one because this happens um, at least once a month for me. Uh, once a month at, at youth group, um, we do a food night. Every third Thursday we have food for everyone. Um, and so we give them a free meal. We tell them to invite their friends and things like that. And, and I gather everyone up in a circle and we all join hands and everyone's laughing and having a good time and things like that. And then I go, who wants to pray? And every, it looks like everyone in the room just got caught in a lie. Like, <laughs> don't look at him. He'll ask you to pray. And it's like, Guys, we're just talking to God. Like, this is a, this is a privilege. This is an honor. And like, some of you in youth, you, you find this even more funny because you've seen it happen. Uh, you're like, that happens all the time, James. Yeah, I know. It's hilarious. Um, and, and I think that a lot of times we just forget how to pray. We just forget how to pray. We forget that, that God calls himself a father. I mean, you see that he talks about this, and then instantly in the same chapter, in the same breath, he goes, pray to your your father. He goes, our father who is in heaven. Talk to God like a child talks to their dad. Like a loving child talks to a loving father. Not like a murderer talks to a judge on trial. It's going to be okay. So, verse 5, he says this. This is my my last example. Verse 5, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. He says, don't be like that guy who stands at the corner praying aloud for everyone to hear. Because that is their reward. There is no real depth or relationship behind that. Now, as I said, we don't have modern-day street corners. We have Facebook. Okay? 
And people do this all the time. They throw prayers on Facebook. Now, just clearing this up, I'm not saying that it's evil to pray on Facebook. Okay? Every once in a while, every once in a while, there is a real need that pops up on Facebook. And, and there is real need that happens, but I don't think the place to take care of that need is on this person's live feed. Maybe a private message, maybe, hey, can I take you out to coffee, and, and we talk through this, and I help you through this. Um, but you see this all the time. It's like, is that a prayer, or, or, or is that just words on a screen to look good? Is that filling your online persona, or is that genuine? Um, and I've heard a lot about this. I haven't seen it, because I haven't been on Facebook in a while, but... I, um, I hear about this 30 days of thanks, 30 days of thanks. And to me, it, it's, it's so fascinating because, like, are we thanking God? Are we thinking, like, almighty Facebook? What, what's going on here? It's like, dear Facebook, today I am thankful for grilled cheese because it's buttery, it's gluteny, it's cheesy. It's everything you want in a meal. Like, only an amazing God can make old milk taste this good. Praise Jesus. And it's like, are we, are we really praising Jesus here or are we just kind of putting it out there. And prayer and thanksgiving needs to come from a true, genuine heart. I mean, how much more real would it be? It's instead of saying, I'm thankful for my spouse or my kids or my best friend or my friends or things like that on Facebook, you went to your spouse or your kids or your best friend and you took them out and you said, I love you. I I care for you. You are a great source of joy and encouragement in my life. I want you to know that I thank God for you in my life. That, I mean, everyone goes quiet. That's real. That's genuine. That's opening your life up to someone and say, you, I care for you, and I thank God for you. See, Jesus says, when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. It's not like God needs Facebook to know what's going on in our lives. It's not like he's up in heaven, like, thank goodness for Wi-Fi. Otherwise, I'd have no idea what's happening in Bill's life. No, no, he knows, he knows. And so you see that that Jesus is constantly having fun. He's constantly joking with people. He's constantly pointing out the truth in a funny way. He's having a good laugh. And it's important for us to do the same. It's important for us to, to have a good laugh. And, and let, let me give you a couple of reasons why. One, um, humor can point out error um, and bring joy into our life at the same time. So you see that, that Jesus is never just pointing out error to laugh at people. It's never, look at these Pharisees, look at these hypocrites, everyone point a finger and laugh at them. It's, it's look at how these people do it. Look how these people give. Look how these people tithe. This is how you should tithe. It's funny, but this is how it should be. And so it's always a little bit of joking and a little bit of seriousness mixed in together, which is why he's so good at at it. Um, And you see that Jesus comes from a heart of, I love you, I care for you, but you're a joke. And I want you to change, and I want you to live in freedom that I bring into your life. And so often you run away from the freedom I bring into your life. And it would be funny if it weren't so sad. Some of you, some of you have this great gift of joy. You do. You you just, you have it. Um, I could point to a couple of you now because you're the people who are laughing at my jokes and Jesus' jokes. The rest of you, you're like, not funny. Facebook, 
close to home there, close to home, not funny. Um, but some of you, you laugh and you have a good time and that's, that's okay. And you bring this great source of encouragement with you, not just to me because you laugh at my jokes, not just to everyone who is on this stage because you participate, um, but to the people in your life, you're a great source of joy to them. And I think that you are most needed in the people's lives around you who are in a season of great hurt. There are people in this room who are in seasons of great hurt and great distress. And what they need is someone who has the gift of joy and humor. Because sometimes you need to laugh through some tears. That's how you get through it. I'm not saying that's the only way you get through it. But it helps if you can laugh. And and Nehemiah 8.10 says, he said to them, Go your own way. Eat the fat and drink sweet wine. Send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not be grieved. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. That he is our strength. And there is reason for great joy and for great celebration. That we kind of laugh at ourselves while relying on his strength. Through the Lord's joy, we might be strengthened to go out and do good works. And not good works that make us feel good about ourselves. Not good works that point to our own glory. But good works that point to his glory. That he would be glorified by the way we live because we are strengthened by him. Um, Another thing that humor does is humor defeats religion. Um, If you can laugh at something, you won't be religious about it. Okay? Um, if you can laugh at prayer while learning to do prayer correctly, you won't be religious about it. If you can laugh at giving and tithing while, while learning to give and tithe correctly, you won't be religious about it. If you can laugh with God, you won't be religious. Uh, see, Jesus says we're supposed to be a light, a light on a hill. And people are drawn to light. They, they aren't drawn to religious conceit. And so humor defeats religion. Um, The last thing it does, I'm sure it does other things, but the last thing that I got is uh, humor helps us take God more seriously and ourselves less seriously. God is all-powerful. And you, me, we we don't have all the answers. We're really not that strong. Um, We will never be perfect. And our pursuit of perfection on our own will is really quite laughable. The thought of, if I do these things, then Jesus will love me more, is ridiculous. And so when we can laugh at ourself, understanding the truth, we take God very seriously and ourselves more lightly. You know, John 19.30 says, Jesus is on the cross and he says, it is finished. It's, it's finished. Your debt has been paid. It's done. Not it's done when you say it's done. Not it's done when you do these things. But it's finished. And so we can laugh at our attempts to finish it and further praise God that he has finished it. And that our redemption, our salvation is secure in him. And so we laugh and we find joy in God because um, God saves us. There's a time for weeping. I I understand that. There's a time for brokenness. Um, But there's a time for joy and for laughter. And I think this is one of them, especially as we enter into this season, that we find people around us and we we gather with people and we rejoice and we celebrate. Even in the midst of brokenness, we see that our strength is not on our own doing. 
that the load that I have to carry is not carried by me alone. But Christ comes and dies for me to set me, set you, set us free. And so we would laugh how we try and shackle ourselves back up to chains and we would rejoice in his freedom. This is why we come to communion every week. Every week we take the cracker, which represents his body, which was broken for us, and we dip it in the wine or the grape juice, which represents his blood. And we say, God, I understand that you on the cross is no laughing matter. And I thank you so much for freedom. I thank you so much that we can rejoice in you and that you are an eternal source of joy. Uh, we, we praise God through worship or through singing. Sorry, um, it's all worship. Um, and so the band's going to come up and they're going to play a few songs. Um, and, and we sing, we join in together in one voice, um, praising him for his good works, praising him for his power, for his might, and for the joy that he brings into our life. Uh, singing was never supposed to be something that's just this individual thing, but we join together um, as a community, as a church body, and praise God um, for his great strength. Um, another thing we do is we, we worship God through giving and through tithes. Um, there's offering boxes in the side and in the back, um, and we give to God because we see 100% of everything we have is yours. Um, and so we give some back to you out of praise and gratitude and thankfulness. We also worship God through prayer. Um, there's going to be elders and deacons in the back. Um, go back and get some prayer. If, if you're in a season right now that is dry, that is just weighty, go back and say, you know what? I haven't had any joy in my life in a long time. I need prayer. I need prayer that God would change my heart. I need prayer that God would lighten my burdens. I need prayer that God would change my mind and I would find joy in his strength. And then lastly, we worship God through community. Um, there's some goodies in the back. There's all that back there. But also, we encourage you guys to get um, in a gospel community and to live life with one another. And, and you kind of laugh at each other, and you come up with funny nicknames for each other, um, and you care for each other, and you support each other through life, encouraging each other to further worship God and to live out worship daily with the God who loves us. So get involved in a gospel community if, if you aren't already. Um, pray with me. Pray with me. Uh, God, we thank you for, for being a God who um, provides such a great source of material to laugh at. God, I pray that we would not be a people who, who neglect um, your life, but we would understand, appreciate your life, your death, your resurrection, and we would find joy and strength in who you are. God, that you are a mighty God who comes and saves us even though we run away from you. God, I pray that you would, you would take that, that part of us that wants to run and you would burn it away. That we would be, um, God, exposed to your glory, exposed to your might, um, and exposed to your joy. And then if we are in a season of heartache and of turmoil right now, God, you would bring someone into our life to provide joy to us. God, we thank you for being a great God who calls us your children and allows us to call you Father. That we would be your kids who would never forget who our dad is. In Jesus' name, amen.